Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Thanks once again to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. A packed pod coming up for you this week. We'll have a full preview ahead of the Marathi semi-final this weekend. We'll look ahead to Sunday's under-16 Marathi here in Guernsey. Look back on a busy weekend for Guernsey FC as the Green Lions signed off their home season. Reflect on the cancellations causing issues in the Jackson League and round up everything else that's been happening in the local game. Uh, I'm Tony Kerr. Alongside me this week is Rob Batty. Hi, Tony. Harry Jones. Hi, Tony. And I'm pleased to say with us for the first half of the pod, Ross Allen. Hello, Tony. Great to see you, Ross. Um, You've had a a relatively quiet weekend, certainly as far as playing is concerned, Um, but it's about to get very busy again. You're off to Alderney on Saturday. Um, You'll be in the dugout on Sunday as part of the under-16s coaching team. Um, More on both of those to come. Um, But let's start with GFC. Um, You didn't play any part on the pitch um, in the three games um, last midweek and over the bank holiday week. But you were in the dugout for a couple of them. Um, it was a three-all draw, wasn't it, on Wednesday night against Chipstead? Then a sickening four-three defeat last minute uh, against Bedfont Sports, and then a very frustrating, it has to be said, one-all draw against South Park to to finish the Footslane season on Bank Holiday Monday. What did you make of those three games, Ross? Yeah, they were uh, thoroughly entertaining in in their own ways. Obviously, um, I think Wednesday and and Saturday were disappointing in the fact that we couldn't get the job. Uh, the job done against 10 men um, on the Wednesday and then obviously being uh, 4-3 sorry you know 3-1 up um, and losing 4-3 on the Saturday Um, but you know I think at this stage of the season we knew we were safe from relegation it was all just about picking up as many points as we could Um, and and I think the best thing was it allowed a chance for Tony um, to, to, to give a run out to to some different faces and, and try some new things with some new formations. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of good learning experience involved, even though we didn't quite pick up the, the points to please the, the home crowd on, 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 you know, I think what we deserved uh, to get at least, you know, six points, I'd say, on those three games. Yeah, no shortage of entertainment. Um, I mean, at the end of that South Park game, though, uh, was starting to drag, wasn't it? You know, we're used to seeing the opposition come to Fitzlane and look to frustrate um, GFC, but that was taking it to a new level. Yeah, of course, I think, uh, and that's what we've got to come up against and that's what we've got to learn to play against and, and get better at, I'd say. Um, you know, I think the big positive that I came away with yesterday that not many people necessarily would have is that we didn't lose that game. And we got a point and you take that into a next season. Yeah, it would have been frustrating that we, we didn't maybe get three on a game. Uh, we could have won, but with tired legs, um, a game that was sort of nothing to play for. And like you say, they were just trying to frustrate us. Um, we didn't lose, um, unlike, you know, how we, we let that game slip on Saturday. So, um, you know, a point's a point and that, everything counts in this league. Of the last three games, um, Ross, the youngsters have been coming to town with the, yeah. the goals. Um, Keen Dermal got three I think Ben AC three and then Tim Apsion scored a, you know on his debut it seems to me that there's a really exciting bunch of striking talent all of a sudden that's come on come to the fore come through very quickly I know Ben's going off but I'm nevertheless Keane looks to me a really real um, hot prospect up front I was very impressed with him on Saturday I don't know what you think yeah, no. Well, I was I was uh, stood there on the stand on Wednesday night, and it's a gorgeous evening, obviously, to for football. And I think it was the first time in a long time that I've sort of stood there at the side thinking. And I said to someone, I was like, it's it's simultaneously a dagger in the heart when someone's coming in wearing your shirt and scoring goals. But now with the, my coach's head on and and thinking to the future of going to ZFC, it's also 
that light at the end of the tunnel that someone's actually stepping up and has got the quality and and I always think it's that little bit extra as a goal scorer um I think you know Keane's definitely got it uh Faz has got it to a certain extent he loves to score goals but we haven't had too many other than me that, that I remember Crusher had it um he loves scoring goals but yeah it's just, it's not necessarily something we've we've bred in Guernsey um and so yeah I'm delighted I'm really delighted that that, that someone like Keane is is taking that step up and and seems to be really comfortable and he's 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 doing what he's good at um and he showed um that he's he's capable at this level, which is great to see. What impressed me was not only the way he finishes finishes, of course, is the way he, his work rate is terrific, but also the way he makes space for himself. He was finding pockets of space all over the pitch on Saturday, um, which really caused the um, you know, Bedfont a lot of problems. And I think, well, you know, once he bulks out a bit, you know, a little bit, because I'm sure he is going to grow a bit more. He'll be one hell of a player if he keeps focus on the game, which we hope he does. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think uh, you nail on the head there. He he knows he's not going to win those physical battles at the moment. So he's got to um, work work his space, drop off, and get the ball in clever pockets, and then spin and get in the box. And like you say, I think he's done really well in you know a very short period of time to adapt to this level. And of course, Tim's got that absolute oh. piece of raw speed, yeah. which is so vital, um, you know, in the game. Yeah. Uh, again, I was delighted for Tim. So happy that he came on and. And made that impact because it, it can be hard at that age to to just be thrown on into a game and if he doesn't get his you know touches that he normally gets very easy to to get frustrated but the way he took his, took his goal was just you know pure class using that speed um that quick finish and um you know he's done it loads of times in his age group and starting to do it loads of times in prio now so uh, it's, I'm delighted for him, you know, especially ahead of our under-16 Ratty on on uh, Sunday that he's, you know, been given that chance. Um, he, I definitely think he deserved it earlier, but um, you know, obviously other people have been putting their putting their hands up. Um, but he's taken his chance and uh, yeah, showed everyone what he can do and got that that confidence boost going into the weekend. Yeah, he's going to be full of confidence. And Harry, you're in the uh, um, in the gantry with the mic in hand for for his debut goal on Wednesday night. Described it beautifully, I must say, um, with a great deal of enthusiasm. Uh, what, what was it like seeing that um, seeing that moment and, and and being able to call it like that? It was just it was just honestly amazing because obviously I can imagine how tough it is coming on. Obviously he's played in the Prio quite a lot. He's only 16, but coming into GFC level, obviously we've seen so many times players who play in the Prio struggle to make the step up to GFC so for him to come on with limited minutes on his debut to go and take that goal so well as well the way he just drove it into the bottom corner I just couldn't believe that he'd done that it was it was really surreal it was one of my favorite moments of the season on commentary I've got to say and I'm so happy for Tim but honestly it's so weird to think he's only 16 years old and um, he just seems like so young even to me like playing um, playing non-league football at that at that age um, to show that sort of maturity especially on your debut to go and get that goal and I thought yesterday he looked quite bright when he came on too he came on at half time so he got a little bit longer to sort of show what he was made of he didn't get that same opportunity to go and get a goal but I still thought he looked bright and he's adjusting to this level well in the limited time he's had Yeah the, the youngsters certainly don't shirk away from the uh, the sort of competitive action as well and, and you know no one lost their head yesterday but they were right at the forefront Ben Acey was uh, you know was not shy of getting in the mix and, and Tim as well was throwing himself about when he came off the bench um, I mean, as far as GFC are concerned, then one game to go away at Hanwell Town. You won't be there, obviously. I'm sure you'll be checking the score when you get, uh, get back off the pitch in Alderney. But um, 14th at the moment, a chance to jump maybe one or two places uh, with a win at the weekend. But I suppose it won't be an easy place to go. And, and in terms of the squad that GFC will be able to field out there, sort of spreading our resources across two matches, um, it'll be a good experience for those that go. 
Yeah, obviously. And I think it'll be a squad similar to Saturday's game against Bedfont. And, uh, you know, they were deservedly 3-1 in the lead in that game. Uh, I think it was, like I said, it was just fatigue, a um, little bit of inexperience that, that let us down. And mainly there, was, there wasn't there was a lot of, you know, energy off the bench. Um, you know, the, the players we had available when Keane and, and AC came off. So um, hopefully a little bit more pre- preparation and rest this week and they can go in and put in another strong performance and have a chance of picking up a point or three. Um, but yeah, I think, like you say, we're going to finish between 12th, 15th or something like that, which... You know, I, I said at the start of the season, I think we'd finish 13th, which was pretty much, you know, nail on. I think we definitely have the opportunity to finish higher. Um, throwing a lot of way, a lot of points away at home, I'd say. Um, and, you know, certain things haven't gone for us and the congested schedule has affected our season. Um, but I think, you know, on the balance of it, we're a mid-table team this year. Um, but I think going into a, a new season, pre-season, um, preparation properly, knowing we're going to start in August rather than October, um, well, should help. Um, so yeah, actually, I think this last week's been exciting, and especially getting those different faces. And for me, seeing from the sideline, getting a, a bit of a buzz from you know watching the games, uh, it's definitely got me excited for for things going forward. Ross, do you think the fact that the Ireland games just over a year away, that's going to really push on the whole squad next season because presumably a lot of players so particularly some of the older players going to want to hang around for that um, as, in a way of possibly of a swan song in one or two cases and they'll need to earn their places of course 100% yeah I think um, obviously we don't know who's going to take that squad yet whether um, you know Tony and Fowl stay on I don't think they'll be making that decision for a while um, Ross and, Allen player coach uh, <laughs> I don't know you have said before yeah. about that, <laughs> that might be a bit too soon for me but yeah I think um, definitely in terms of like you say some of those older players because that's a little bit how I think I think I, I always said going to the Island games could be a bit of a sign off for me but um, I know some of the other boys would definitely be trying to break into that squad thinking it's their last chance uh, at an Island games at least so um, and you know some of the we're going to need some young fresh legs as well because playing five games in six days is brutal. Um, there's a good number of us that can't do that anymore, so we're going to need good rotation to to have a good chance in that. So yeah, for sure, I think uh, I, you know I'd be very surprised if people weren't motivated to to really push on this season, whether that's still playing you know local pre football or or a few new faces coming into GFC as well should be great to see um yeah so exciting season coming up gonna be a long one <laughs> well yeah just sort of the last three games just want to just want to speak about that a little bit because going into it you look at who we had we had Chipstead who were sort of eight unbeaten I think going into the JFC game Bedfont Sports currently sitting second in the league after beating Chertsey at the weekend away and also um South Park who beat us 6-1 the first time around and have been one of the strongest teams in the league since of course, since their new manager came in. And to go and get on two draws, it should have been at least three draws against those three teams, especially when we were rotated so much on Saturday against Bedfont, who are, of course, one of the strongest sides in the league. So I think it just shows that we do have the ability in the squad to go and really compete against the top sides in the league. And especially even even with sort of the more fringe players in the squad, we can go and put in a performance like we did against Bedfont. Obviously, very unlucky to go and lose that late on with two goals in the final few minutes. But players as well, like Keane coming through and... I've really been impressed by Keane in the last few games because a lot of the times we've seen him this season has been off the bench. So he's had a very limited time to come on and really make an impact. But I think it was the Chipstead game 
last Wednesday where he started. I noticed him really dropping in, getting the ball more and sort of getting in the flow of the game. And when he had that opportunity to get have to make him more of an impact I think we really saw the player that he can be for GFC and I think it bodes so well going into next season yeah really encouraging end to the GFC season for sure um, plenty of football sort of play though away from that coming up next we'll be looking ahead to Saturday's Marathi semi-final Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast, supported by Ree Hoy and Son. If you're not already, do give us a follow on social media at GSY Press Sport. It's a place to go on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And whatever podcast player you're listening to us on, uh, give us a follow or subscribe to get every episode delivered straight to you uh, until the end of the season. Uh, right, it is an exciting weekend for Channel Island football uh, this weekend. The return of senior Marathi football for the first time in just about three years. Guernsey take a strong squad up to Mount Hale for the Marathi semi-final to face Alderney. Ross Allen will be part of that squad. We'll hear from him uh, in a moment. But first, let's hear from the home camp this weekend. Player coach Josh Concannon still leading uh, Alderney as he has done all season in the Prio League. Uh, looking forward to a day they've been waiting, as we say, um, just about three years for. They lost out on the chance to celebrate that 100th anniversary of their only uh, Marathi victory, um, the pandemic putting pay to that. But they're back and keen to make a mark this weekend. I caught up with him a little bit earlier on and began by asking just how excited they are for this fixture. Yeah, it's, it's uh, exciting again. Um, I've had a lot, of, uh, a lot of people over here asking me about it. Obviously, they're also excited. Um, yeah, it's been a strange couple of years really, isn't it, uh, for all of us. So good to, uh, yeah, good to Good to get back to it as it's, it is one of the biggest days over here, especially in sport, a sporting sense. It's definitely the biggest day. So, yeah, we're all, uh, all excited and uh, all ready to go again. Yeah, I managed to get up there, as you know, for a couple of days over the Easter weekend. I saw the um, the shop windows already got the display in the blue and white and the, uh, the shirts and everything. So, obviously, the anticipation is already building over there. I mean, how much does it mean to the island as a whole, not just, you know, you guys as footballers to, to have this match back. Yeah, I mean, it's, everyone knows the tradition of it, um, how many years it spans back as well. Um, it's good good to have traditions like that, but uh, amongst islands, um, generates real real buzz and uh, competition for everyone. Um, and yeah, like I say, a lot of, you've, you've got people there over here, especially uh, some of the older generation, they remember years and years of Marathis um, and especially now they they've seen us getting a little closer it's uh, it's them kind of uh, excited about it as a it's been a hell of a hell, hell of a wait I suppose as you say sort of before the pandemic you had started to close the gap a bit there were some really close games um, for a couple of years has the break of the last couple of years done you any favors in terms of um, yeah, retaining that kind of competitive squad or, or, you know, have you got a bit of work to do to get back to where you were? Um, league form, you'd look at that and say, yeah, we're on and off, but we've lost, uh, like I say, a few key assets in that sense. But um, when it comes to this game, uh, completely different for me. We normally have a full, our full squad, which we will this year. Um, and it just makes a big difference when we we've got that starting 11 that really knows their jobs and roles in the system that we're trying to, uh, trying to play. Um, like I'm looking, really looking forward to the Island games as well uh, next year in Guernsey, because we should have a, like a very good squad for that. Uh, and obviously knowing the pitches, et cetera, et cetera, it hopefully all 
will work out to be another successful trip for us. Um, so yeah, go, going back to Marathi, yeah, we'll be well set up. Um, I imagine Guernsey will be. Uh, Jersey have done it as well with us. We're they're paying the respect by bringing their best players over, and they'll be well organised. And so will we. Um, if you want to be a a good footballing team nowadays, especially with the modern day tactics, you have to be very uh, disciplined, very tactically aware, and also very fit to imply your uh, tactics on the game. And have you got that in your side? Yeah, we've uh, we've for sure we've got that. Um, I think I think when we've had um, full squads this year, uh, or even players that would be in the sort of I'd call it now the older team that we had that were challenging for the league uh, when we when we're all together yeah there's the, the I mean we're playing against these guys week in week out in Guernsey um, yeah maybe they might throw in a few GFC players but they filter into the league now and again and play against us anyway so it, we're not we're not frightened to go and play against them uh, so yeah, we know we know where we stand, and uh, I think that's why they know where we stand as well, and why they will bring their strongest team because they know that it's it on the day with a little bit of luck either way, then it could fall the wrong way for them. And in terms of the players that you've been able to call on for next weekend, um, who are you looking forward to having sort of back into the fold? Uh, Joe Blackham makes a big difference with his pace, and I mean he's grown up a lot in terms of um, being able to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, but the squad goes a lot deeper than that now, um, especially in the attacking options. Um, Josh McCulloch's perfect for Moratti's, he's, and the way I want to play, he's willing to work hard up front, uh, and he's grown physically into a striker that can uh, hold the ball up, put his uh, put his body where he needs to put it to get, well, to hold the ball up and get uh, get fouls for us, etc. that we can work from and also running in, in channels, which he's always always done. So, yeah, amongst them, you've got uh, Jason also heading back, uh, Atkins. Um, yeah, he's just, uh, I mean, he's 40, I think he's 44, but he's just ridiculously good for how old he is. He, he Credit to him, he's like a ultimate professional when it comes to that side stretches drinks drinks his waters uh all all sorts to keep himself in shape and it certainly has paid off for him so i always look forward to seeing all of the lads coming back really yeah brilliant and we haven't seen too much of your brother um in sort of recent months i guess this season but will he be back involved as well at the weekend no, he's still resting. You'll probably see him around the ground um, shouting, and how he always is. <laughs> he'll but, still be shouting yeah, at you from the sidelines. Yeah, he'll still be. He'll still be shouting. You won't. You won't uh, keep him quiet. <laughs> but, um, no, he's he's uh, he's still resting up. I think I think potentially he might come and do the Island Games with us, but he's uh, he's still quite sore from uh, all the years of uh, work and um, obviously. Well, he his, his game was physical, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, he's still he's still recovering from all of those years, and hopefully, I can convince him next year that we uh, we might have him for the Island Games. Yeah, fantastic. He's definitely earned some rest, that's for sure. And in terms of the in terms of the um, you know just the the timing of the match, obviously it's a, a month later or so than it would usually be as well. Um, I guess that means maybe the weather will be a bit better. You know, the, the ground perhaps a bit harder. Does that play into Guernsey's hands? 
uh, if you've ever played on our pitch, <laughs> it probably plays into uh, our hands uh, with how bobbly it is. Um, I, I won't reveal too much, but I kind of know what to expect when they're going to be coming up. Um, I think it, I think it does level it in a way, uh, in a sense, because it's much harder shooting from outside the box, that sort of thing. But again, we like to get the ball down when we can and play, and it does affect our game at times. Um, Sadly, when you come and watch games over here, they do get spoiled a little bit by the pitch. Uh, it would be much nicer to have a carpet that you could uh, watch attractive football where people teams are passing it around. But um, yeah, that you got the uh, the bit of heat. But I've I've looked at the weekend weather already, and it they're forecasting a slight bit of rain. So um, we'll see what it brings. Um, I don't expect it to uh, play into either hands team either team's hands too much sorry just finally what would it mean to you guys if you could get that result this weekend I mean does, does the the fact that you haven't played this fixture for a couple of years just sort of heighten the intensity and the anticipation for it from your perspective it does yeah um, uh, and I mean people were talking about the 100 year anniversary uh, which sadly didn't get go ahead um, so that's kind of weighing in on this one also for a lot of uh, a lot of people um and yeah, I mean, it's like I say, it's it's definitely the biggest sporting event over here um, yearly. Uh, so I, I I I mean, there's it's I don't really have to say anything to my guys to get motivated. And people, like as I say, people are already they've been asking for months. When is it? Uh, we had all the rearrangements. Um, so yeah, it's like I say, it's just it's just a fantastic day to be involved in, uh, and player wise, very exciting. Fantastic. Well, best of luck to you and your team. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing Ratty football make its comeback. <laughs> yeah, many thanks. Cheers, Tony. Josh Concannon, Alderney's player coach, speaking to me there ahead of this weekend's Marathi semi-final uh, up in Alderney. Ross, you're going to be on the plane on Saturday, all being well. Um, I mean, yeah, a sort of change of focus from obviously GFC, um, but yeah, clearly you know, a, a huge competition that, that we've been missing, um, well, the competition that we've been missing in Ireland football. I mean, how excited are you to get back to, to Marathi football? Yeah, it's um, it's been a while. It's been a while for me, five years. I haven't played since 2017. Um, since my little jaunt down in New Zealand for a couple of years, so um, yeah, it's 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 been a long time, and uh, yeah, I think it, you get to this stage of the season, and as much as we love GFC and and the local the the local game, as soon as Marathi fever hits, it's it's like nothing else, and uh, I think you know my dad just was got some stats out the other day. The other day we were just talking about it and. It gives you a little, you know, the butterflies in the stomach and um, brings back some you know, good memories. And we've had a few chats on GFC trips and talking about Marathis and stuff. So, yeah, it's nice. It's so nice that it's that it's all come back. And it would just be great to sort of have a, a chance to celebrate the occasion on Saturday, starting with Alderney. Yeah. And, you know, you guys as, as GFC, you know, you get thoroughly tested over the course of a season um, playing fresh off position. But as you say, you know, it's been a few years since you've been involved in, in, in a Marathi game. How does going up to Alderney compare and the, the sort of motivation levels and the challenges that you face up there? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, first off is it's not going to be a full GFC squad. Obviously, we've got a, a good mix of, of players uh, from the Prio. So already that just changes the dynamic. And 
you know, instantly puts everyone in that mentality of this is a Marathi, it's not a GFC game, um, which is fantastic because you got competition instantly in, in terms of new faces. What can he do? What can he do? I really want to start. You know, it's not like if you don't play this week, you're going to play next week. It's these are one off games now and cup finals. So, yeah, I think just that just that fact of having that around the, the training group, um, seeing seeing, you know, fresh blood in, in the group and it gives a massive lift to everyone playing. And I know it has done to, to the coaches because, you know, they've already spoken to us about it. So, um, yeah, it's just really exciting. It's really refreshing. And I think it, that's really important for um, you as a player over the course of a long season. Um, you know, when you get to this stage to have that injection of, you know, energy and adrenaline when the body's maybe flagging a little bit. <laughs> and and in terms of the, the, the particular challenges of going up to Alderney, you've done it a few times. Um, what what do you like about playing there? What do you hate about playing there? I don't the know. Bumps. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, you know, we know and they know it's 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 not the best pitch in the world. But I think um, in many ways, GFC's helped with that because we've played on some really hard, bumpy pitches, uh, especially in the last couple of months. Um, as as you know, the weather's got better and, and pitches dry out. So uh, yeah, I think you know we're not going to go in there suddenly. You know, not prepared. We're going to be prepared for every uh, eventuality and have you know plan A, B, and C of of how we can be successful over there. Um, but yeah, it's a great. Is I think it's it's an important fixture that um, you know Guernsey and Jersey have got to partake in because. Oldney, you know, by rights of, you know, they deserve to be there. And um, especially since they've been playing in in the Prio, um, they've, you know, they haven't just turned up to, to be, you know, turn up and be part of the part of the table. So they've definitely got players that can worry us. And I think we're, we're not going to go into the game lighthearted. We've got a, you know, preparation's been going for the last three, four weeks. So, um, yeah, I think the whole group will be mentally in and, and physically on it because we know how important this game is. Yeah, and, and you, you mentioned the mix, uh, the blend of GFC players and, and, and Premier League players in the squad. It's really uh, great to see some new names sort of in the Guernsey representative mix. Regardless of what happens on Saturday and looking ahead to perhaps Island Games and, and, and stuff, um, are, are these names that, that you know, you'd like to see involved in, in Guernsey setups sort of going forward? Oh yeah, for sure. I think the, the, you know, for the last few years, um, we've been crying out for, for players to come in and um, and get involved with GFC, and and whether that's from a training point of view, and you just you slowly build up to it. But like we've alluded to, someone like Keane coming in has done amazing. AC's obviously done really well, and and looks like he he's going on from that. And someone like Ben Latoc, who. Um, you know, I w- in preseason wouldn't have necessarily thought he was in with a chance of of playing much football, and he's top appearance maker. You know, he's played the most games. He'll, I think, he'll rack up his thirty thirty first game on the weekend for GFC. So it just shows. And I said it to my um, just going ahead to my under sixteens for Sunday. I said to them the other day. I gave him a bit of a. Uh, a bit of a pep talk and said look you know especially with Tim he's he set the precedent you guys are talented enough you wouldn't be in this group if, if you know you didn't have the possibility to to go and one day play for a GFC or for your senior island so um, it just shows that um, we've got talent out there it's just whether people want to step up um, to that next level. 
Well, it's going to be an exciting day um, up in Alderney on Saturday, that's for sure. It's a half-one kickoff. It's been live-streamed, I think, via the uh, GFA social media account, so um, people who can't get up to Alderney uh, can watch that. And I think if you're in Alderney, um, you know, best of luck to the home side. I know the trains are running um, along Bray Beach up to, uh, to uh, the Arsenal ground, so uh, it's going to be a special day there uh, for them to have the fixture back. So, uh, yeah, I hope it's a, a cracking game of football. Ross, you mentioned the under-16s there, a good opportunity to uh, segue into that. You're going to be in the dugout at the Corbett Field on Sunday as against the under-16s host jersey in the Nigel Gave Memorial Trophy. Busy weekend for you. Um, just gives a sense of, of how your squad's shaping up for that and, and the role you're playing as well in, in that coaching team. Yeah, so uh, we picked our squad last week and um, we've basically had our under-15 uh, star trophy and under-16 um, group train this year. So basically everyone in those age groups in our academy um, and yeah, they've just they've done they had a fantastic season working together. Um, it's always hard when you've got to suddenly pick a sixteen um, for a big game like this. But um, everyone who's you know been involved in training throughout the season has had a massive part in in preparing for these two games because um, you know it's, it's it's so important. You have that competitive element in training. We haven't just picked a, a sixteen you know out of the blue. Um, it's, it's it's taken time to get to this stage so yeah really really excited for Sunday um, Stu Moyles Dave Gilman and myself have, have you know got these guys into a position where you know we think they can they can have a really good chance of winning we've got some great players in there and like I said some players who can definitely make a step up in the next couple of years uh, to senior football um, if not sooner so yeah, I think, uh, you know, I've, it's my first year probably involved in a, a team like this in, in a coaching role where, um, you know, a little bit, you know, I'd say, you know, Stu's more, um, our, you know, manager, head coach, Gilly's assistant. And I'm, I still feel like I'm in that sort of player, coach, mentor role, um, but just providing insights where I can, and especially in a Marathi uh, situation I feel like my experience is 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 pretty good um and I can I can give the boys some you know some some insights into how Marathi game is going to go and and the fact that it's not going to be necessarily the most uh, attractive game of football and just trying to prepare them the best way possible uh, to go and get the job done looking at that squad um Ross which um Tony's going to read out in a minute there's some good talent there yeah, yeah, some really good talent, and and we've got to pick an eleven. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's already been tough to pick a sixteen. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see um, how me and the other coaches uh, want to play it, and how we're going to utilize that to the best of our strength. But yeah, some fantastic um, abilities, finishing ability, pace. Obviously, Tim, um, Jack Griffin's um, done really well to be the only under fifteen selected but you know thoroughly deserves it and and he could have a big part to play in that game and and the star trophy as well so um yeah i'm really excited to see how 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 they 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 all connect together and how they all um you know link up and and, and sort of come together hopefully as a group on Marathi day because it's going to be a big learning experience for them either way um i think these uh, these junior marathis are so important because there's not a lot that can prepare you for, you know, a Guernsey Jersey game, um, especially at senior level, than than having this experience when you're a little bit younger. Whether it's win, um, you know, win or defeat, um, each of those are, you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot from. So it's just be interesting to to observe the lads on Sunday more than anything, and 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 see how they go about 
um, you know, their preparation and their performance and and their you know reactions at the end. So yeah, it's it's going to be exciting, big day for for everyone involved, and yeah, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, let's run through that squad. Um, Alex Ward, Charlie Coleman, Daniel Radford, George Goubert, George Yeom, George Montgomery, Harry Tester, Jack Griffin, Joseph Marshall, Mason Jones, Oliver Harrison, Sam Gilman, Tim Apsian, Tom Solway, Zach Batiste and Zachio Joffre. Ross, obviously you're going to want both sides to win on Saturday, the seniors and the under-16s on Sunday, but would you rather... Would you trade your goals on Saturday for a win for the under-16s? Yeah, for as long as we... As long as we win on on Saturday and Sunday, yeah, I'll, I'll trade any of my goals. I think I'm at that stage now where, um, yeah, I love my goals, but I think there's 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 also uh, you know things you got to look from as a as a coach and yeah, I, I just I hope I hope we can obviously get the job done on Saturday. That's that's really important. Um, and Sunday we can just put in a performance that um, me and the other coaches are, are proud of and, and hopefully that'll be enough to, to get a result as well. Relatively quiet weekend of football locally, isn't it, of course, with the, the semi-final up in Alderney as well. Um, so hopefully a good crowd will be there to support them at the Corbett Field. 12 o'clock kickoff. Um, best of luck um, to uh, all the Guernsey guys. Um, cool. Well, Ross, thanks very much. Best of luck uh, for Saturday and Sunday. We look forward to seeing how you guys get on. Thank you, Tony. Welcome back. We say goodbye to Ross Allen. We say hello to another titan of Guernsey football, James <laughs> Fowler. <laughs> I what thought this was supposed to be a serious programme, Tony. <laughs> We're going to look back at um, some of the weekend's other football and talk about uh, a bit of an issue that's emerged in Guernsey's uh, second division in the Jackson League uh, this season. Let's start with what's been happening on the pitch, though. Um, Jim, you were down at Portsmouth uh, at the weekend as Rovers made it through uh, in the Guernsey FA Cup through to the semi-finals. The right result down there? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Rovers obviously must be um, inspired by the talking to I gave them a couple of weeks <laughs> ago on this pod, uh, where I said one they couldn't score any goals, and two they weren't any good at winning silverware. But why did they lose five nil in midweek then? Um, yeah, that, that was that was a kind of talking point around Portsmouth on Saturday afternoon about the various reasons why. But I think they put it. They certainly put that right on Saturday. They played well. Um, Finn Whitmore coming back clearly makes a difference. You know, led the line really well, brought the other guys into play, uh, and you know, and they were um, you know, pretty sound uh, throughout the side. Uh, James Grundy scored both goals. He didn't play in holding midfield. He played further forward, and he popped up twice. The first one he was little bit fortunate with. I think Nick Batiste will consider that was a bit of a mistake on his part. But the second one was rifled into the roof of the net. And uh, and then just um, should mention Harry Ingerill was playing in goal for Rovers uh, due to a, um, a availability crisis. They had loads of players injured or cup tied. Uh, so Harry was playing his first game for about 18 months. And I believe he was trapped by fog in Jersey as well and got back in about midnight on Friday night. But um, he played really well, uh, made a bit of an error to give Sylvans their goal back with five minutes to go when he kind of flaps it across and Louis Fuller tucked it home, but uh, made a great save in, uh, you know, as towards the end of the 90. And yeah, Rovers deservedly into a semi-final. And now they've got two semis to play, both against St. Martins. So that completes the semi-final quartet for the Guernsey FA Cup this season. Uh, Rovers joining uh, Valerec, Bells and Saints in the last four. Um, speaking of Saints, they're through to another semi-final as well. They've got plenty to play for. Um, Harry, you were there on Saturday as they uh, well, did the double over St. Juan, beat them in the Jeremy Cup this time, having uh, ousted them from the WeWay a few weeks ago. Uh, how did that one play out? 
Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, I was quite glad that the Jeremy Cup wasn't for Jersey teams in the semi-final, obviously, with Grooville, St. Peter and St. Clement already advancing. And, um, yeah, we were missing quite a lot of, or Saints missing quite a lot of players. On Saturday, um, Callum Lalasha and Dom Yom scored both the goals in St. Juan um, a couple of weeks ago. They were both missing. Ollie Smith tested positive for COVID. Then Jake Lowe pulled out due to illness on the day. So a little bit like with uh, Finn Dupont and Alex Roussel both playing in the front three. But it was a really good performance by Saints um, to get through. Did the job. St. Juan, they were quite a plucky side. They did quite well. Um, they were quite solid at the back. But in the end, Saints about did enough. D- Danny Hale, I thought, was was absolutely superb. Um, gave their left back a torrid time all afternoon. And um, yeah, that probably bodes quite well for the Marathi semi-final uh, on Saturday. I thought he was I thought he was really good again. Louis Hunter, two in midfield. And in the end, yeah, Saints did the job. Saints marching on uh, in all competitions, on all fronts um, this season. They're going to have a very busy uh, end to the campaign. We now know who they're going to be playing in the Upton as well. St. Clement um, beating St. Peter in that shootout over in Jersey for the Premiership title. St. Clement's first ever Jersey title. So congratulations there to them. Looking forward to, to seeing them uh, come up against Saints. Well, the season coming to an exciting uh, conclusion at the senior uh, end of things, but um, uh, sort of lower down the leagues, the Jackson uh, is experiencing a bit of a, a troublesome patch, um, certainly according to, to some reports, um, some chat over the weekend about the number of games being cancelled, postponed, given as walkovers. Um, Rob, can you explain what the situation is at the Jackson at the moment? Yeah, I must admit, I was a little bit surprised to read that um, 10 of the last 25 Lancaster won games, which is for in old money Jackson football, um, reserves football, um, have been postponed, which is a damning figure, I would, I would suggest. Pretty awful and very worrying that you think, you know, this weather at the moment, we've got to light evenings now and... You'd have thought people would like to play football in the evenings. And um, no, it seems to be far far from the case. Um, a lot of teams are running out of steam. or And um, even St Martins at the weekend, you know, typically over the last decade or so, Saints have had stacks of players and could field two really, really strong um, sides. You know, um, you could almost have a second team in the Prio League from, at Saints. But... They were, they're even giving games away now, which is very, very worrying. Um, I'm not sure um, what the answer is, but um, there has been a question put out there about the future of the Jackson and what should be done. And I know people are starting to talk about it. There's a number of issues um, here, Rob, with the Jackson League. I mean, uh, number one, you say people wouldn't mind playing of a nice evening. But the, one of the problems identified is Sunday afternoons. Uh, the, the league seems to think that people don't want to play football uh, or adults don't want to play football on a Sunday. Uh, and I think that might be a factor. For me, though, the, the issue has been ongoing in Jackson for a long time there where as the season draws to an end, Prio players, are, 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 you know, there's injuries in Prio sides. Players are being called up, even like so Harry Jones are getting getting called up. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so Jack, Jackson teams are are short. The season is over. These are kind of meaningless mid-table games, uh, and people think they've got better things to do when the, when the sun's shining on a, on a Sunday afternoon. That's really disappointing for the league, but it's not a new thing. It's been going on for for some time. I proposed at a league meeting about I don't know three or four years ago that, um, that maybe the Jackson should finish at the end of February because it's only really the uh, the records will show uh, from March onwards is when you start to lose the games uh, where where people you know for whatever reason become unavailable. But I think there's now a thought to maybe 
you know, I think Jackson certainly serves a purpose at the beginning of the season where people are anxious to push for places inside, want to play football, want to get their season uh, up and running. Um, and and it's, it's definitely got a place. And I think it needs to have a place in Guernsey football because, you know, you need to, somewhere where first team players can get extra minutes, can come back after missing a couple of games, which you don't really want first-team players. You know, you know, you don't want Dom Hyun to be playing in Division Three, uh, in in properly social football. Um, you know, and then so so you know, you've got to give them somewhere else to play, and also a place where for young, you know, under 18s, under 16 year olds to to come through into, because again, most teams would have fairly settled squads for. Railway football, Division Two, II, Division Three, uh, and bringing you know young lads into that maybe not the greatest environment for them. Most of them are more well capable to play at Jackson level, and that's where you want to be bringing those people into. So I think the loss of that league would be would prove a, a real difficulty. I think that the solution is more along the lines of play each other once for the season, and then maybe see what else you can do. Whether you split the league and play kind of cup competitions, split the league like the Scottish Premiership, or you know, so you're giving people 12, 13 games rather than 16, 17 games. And I would certainly think it's about time to end the uh, the Jackson Cup competitions, the Major Cup and the Jackson Shield. Is that something you agree with, Harry? Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a tough one, especially since I've been sort of less involved with Ireland football, obviously being away so much. But yeah, Jackson football, I mean, from what I've experienced in the last few years is, it's not really got, you don't really have a set Jackson squad. You know, obviously, you obviously often have to pull in players from railway. Sometimes vets will step in and play. So a lot of youngsters coming through have not really played a lot of senior football, which I think is probably the best use for reserve football to get the likes of people who are quite young, quite talented, who want to play prayer football coming through and getting their experience at a decent level of senior football at a young age. But quite often, it's literally just squads thrown together, people of all different ages who don't really want to be there. And so you definitely got to change something I don't know what it is exactly but at the moment it's not really working too well I don't think to my eyes the Jackson League's been a dud for for many many seasons really it's a almost a non-competition and um, um, unfortunately a few years ago when somebody came up with a really bright idea about introducing possibly uh, replacing it with an under 23s league with using um, overage players a certain number of overage, overage players to increase the level the standard but also at the same time make an effort in terms to keep more of these young players in the game once they come out of under-18 football. Unfortunately, it, it sort of um, it didn't really work. It wasn't didn't find much favour. I think it might well have um, happened for one season. and um, It was part of the GFA uh, review of, of, of the leagues and it lasted one year and then the, the clubs voted it down. How high up the agenda should it be for GFLM this summer? Well, I mean, both Rob and I were at a GFLM meeting last week, which was dominated by talk about the number of Prio fixtures there should be and junior fixtures. Uh, and suddenly the issues in Lancaster's Division 1, 2 and 3 were completely glossed over. But I would say, you know, arguably that's another meeting in itself. You know, if, <clears throat> as Jody Bisson at Berwick likes to point out, the majority of Guernsey football is and should be social football. If you haven't got teams in Division 1, Division 2, Division 3 then you know your your club in to an extent is failing because it's, it's as important to have those guys around as it is to have a competitive uh, pre league side i think you know if you don't have that base of players behind you what kind of club are you so i think it's i think it's a, 
underrated but very important issue. And where does it leave a team like Rockin Pirates who yeah, could well go on to, to win the division this year? A team of, of good footballers and, and friends who've come together. I mean, where, where where should an outfit like that kind of end up, if you like? Well, well I mean, for, for Rockin, they get out of it what they what they get out of it. And, and I would suggest for them, want you know having a full team every week wanting to play these fixtures going ahead and winning them and winning the league would be a success and I, and I don't think it should be uh, held against them or that that success uh, should they go on to win the league should be tarnished in any way I don't think it is um, but you know that is one so you know w- w- uh, Rob and I certainly will be uh, old enough to remember when there were you know when each club carried three distinct squads a Jackson a Prio squad Jackson squad railway squad uh, and nowadays that doesn't happen. There isn't a Jackson squad in any team, as Harry uh, indicates, or, or really not any team. Um, and then, uh, so Rockane for effectively playing their first team football at that level, fair enough. I think it's uh, it's a great a great model. Yeah, I mean Rockane are a good side. They've um, they've done really well this year, and they may well win the Jackson. Um, oh, sorry, the Jackson Lancaster won. But um, regardless of what the um, the future of that league is for them. I think we can't sort of look at it purely from a Rockane Pirates um, perspective. And you know, they they might say, well, you can't shouldn't change the goalposts because it'll affect us. I think you've got to do for the you've got to make a decision which is the benefit of all. And I think, um, but all the all the senior clubs, established senior clubs, are going to really look at this seriously and and um, about uh, coming up with some sort of something which is meaningful. As I say before. Says before the Jackson's been a dud for donkey's years, and it'd be great if we could introduce some sort of competition, fresh competition, which is quite exciting, but actually means something. That's why I like quite like the idea of potentially having the Jackson up to Christmas. I'd cut it even earlier than February. I'd have, get it all done before Christmas, second half of the season. Perhaps introduce a um, an extension of the under-18 football, make it under-21 competition where perhaps you, you split the sides into two groups of four, two groups of four, they play each other once and then you have a final. So at least you, you'll, then you can have some overage players thrown into that as well. So you've got something which is actually different and as I say, is meaningful. Um, I, you know, I just... So almost a stranger cup concept. Rob, yeah, sort of thing, but um, yeah. I suppose that the important thing there, though, is that the, the problem second-tier cup competitions have, have almost turned into first-tier cup competitions over the years, and that would be the important thing. It's like not to play, hard, or certainly when you get to the semi-finals or whatever, to resist the temptation to play 75% of your prior team in well, that this side. Is an, well, this is another <laughs> debate to be had, to be honest. I think um, um, it's quite ridiculous what happens in the local game you know in terms of use of prior league players down down the um, down the leagues it's plainly wrong and it should be acted upon really I mean we know who the culprits are and um, it shouldn't be allowed um, we've got too soft over the years in terms of running football I think you know um, and um, some sort of legislation should be brought in which stops that that sort of thing happening. To be fair, I think nobody objects to prior players playing in Jackson football. It, you know, that is the that is an appropriate level. However, what I would object to is playing a whole prior team uh, against a whole prior team at, at Jackson level. That yeah, so you know, three or four guys coming into the team is not a not a problem at all. But you don't want to play against nine or ten. Agreed. And um, unfortunately, over the years we we have seen it. Well, the cup you know, competitions, yeah, you know, seen major cup finals which have been prior league matches. So I think some sort of change is needed. Um, 
I'd, I'd like to think perhaps, a, you know, squeeze the season and um, introduce something new, which is fresh and exciting. Um, but unfortunately, we haven't got a very good record, I think, of bringing f- fresh and exciting new things into football. Um, the last time we did was probably the FA Cup, which is back in the early 2000s, which worked really well for for five, six seasons when there was a really you know, it was pre-GFC, and there was some big prize money to be had, some, you know, great finals down under under the lights. It was different, refreshing now, I think, G, you know, that's a, the, the FA Cup, again, it's a, it's, it, to my mind, it's a competition is really on its last legs and should be looked, after, look, looked at seriously about whether it's, whether it's worth continuing. Despite that final last year? Oh, it was a great final last year, but it was, you know, it's... It's, it's a lot of ordinary football being played. We're playing the same old teams all the time. And as we've seen, a lot of these players don't want to play anymore. It, you know, they're getting fed up of the season. They're getting fed up of playing football. Um, I just think it's, you know, we've got the Stranger Cup going. We've still got pre-league games. What is the point of the FA Cup in its current in its current guise? When Harry Jones is parading around the, the pitch with the, with, with the cup on his head at the end of... <laughs> Uh, he will beg to differ, I'm sure. <laughs> well, the Lancaster one conundrum, at least, uh, perhaps will require another GFLM meeting. So uh, we'll leave it to them um, to, to work out that. Um, let's wrap up there. Just a quick congratulations to FC Isle of Man, who were promoted um, at the weekend. Always interesting to see how uh, how the other island sides are going. We've, we've talked a little bit about Jersey Balls in the last few weeks, who, who stumbled um, towards the end of the season and obviously weren't promoted in the end. But uh, FC Isle of Man are finishing second in the North West Counties um, division one south um, and going up via the playoffs so um, yeah interesting comparison with how GFC got up all those years ago um, does that mean they'll come up to our level of football FC Isle of Man were obviously have only just started effectively their journey um, a little bit behind so they're, that's their first full season and they've gone up to um, step five so a, a step below GFC um, so there we go we'll uh, we'll, we'll GFC and FC Isle of Man will meet again in July for the Skipton Cup. So, um, yeah, an interesting marker to see where those two sides are at. Um, cool. We'll leave it there. Jim, Harry, Rob, thanks very much. Um, do give us a follow on social media. As I say, do give us a follow or subscribe uh, wherever you're getting your podcast and do pick up a Guernsey Press six days a week for the very best local football coverage. Thanks again to Rehoy for their support and we'll see you next time. 